In a world where magic is everywhere, monsters are real, and inhibitions are non-existent, Atlantis is the most coveted destination, and pirates make all the rules. That's right. The Dangerous Tides Kickstarter is live. We're bringing you six brand new books from authors like Katie Robert and C.M. Nascosta. These ultra-spicy fantasy books feature sirens, kidnappings, aliens, disguises, monsters, sex magic, second chances, and so much more that can't be mentioned in polite company. They combine otherworldly adventure with sweeping romance in a way that will keep your heart racing from start to finish. By backing the Kickstarter, you can read these books this month. Of course, we've also got foiled special editions with sprayed edges in hardback and paperback, gorgeous art, and swag, which you'll have in your hands this fall. The Kickstarter will be over in the blink of an eye, so don't miss it. This is the only place you can get these special editions and swag, not to mention getting the ebooks five months earlier than they're available to anyone else. This is your invitation to unlock the secrets of Atlantis. So click the link in the show notes and enter at your own risk. Welcome to Bonkers Romance, the podcast that celebrates authors who go there. I'm Jenny Nordback, and I've been left unsupervised again. This week, we are joined by Juliet Cross to recap Captive of the Horde King by Zoe Draven, and it's the Cal Drogo fantasy we all deserve. We've got Juliet Cross here today, and we're stoked. Hello. Oh my gosh, Juliet, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, I'm excited. Thanks for asking me. Heck yeah. So do you have an answer to the question of what do you think is bonkers? What makes a book bonkers to you? I think for me, that's going to end up being in the fantasy monster romance, alien romance realm where we have like, you know, really exotic alien genitalia and mm-hmm. it's always super fun. crazy plots, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I look with like crazy magic that does crazy things to people. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd probably it's probably going to always be in the realm of like the fantasy alien stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Things that don't exist in the real world. Right. 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 And should. And and definitely should. Hello, Ruby Dixon Spur. (laughs) Thank you. you. Thank you. We might we might have a little something something for you there today. Melody. Oh yeah. Definitely. (laughs) I was thinking about I'll just say that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I was thinking about that. Earlier this week, for some reason, but like, you know, I was sort of ruminating on why so many people like put the the monsters and aliens and everything. Because, you know, there's it's obviously like very straightforward because that's 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 bonkers, period. The end. Right. But I feel like there's also this component of those subgenres being able to sort of like believably go literally anywhere. Maybe what we think is bonkers in like, you know, alien, monster, whatever, would just be 
unbelievable in a contemporary or oh, a historical yeah, totally. or or yeah. something. I don't know. Right. It lets you raise the stakes too. Like right. it's life and death, or like oh, she has yeah. to marry him, or you know, yeah. like it's she it becomes about like survival. She'll die. Yeah, know, yeah. Kill the planet or whatever. You know. Yeah, or like, of course, the ship can only run on sex energy. Yeah, like right. we have other to, kind of we have to fuck to, to get use. from A to B. Okay, exactly. it has to happen. <laughs> clean sex energy, if that's a thing. No. Yeah, yeah, it's so clean. It's so clean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are going to recap "Captive of the what Horde King" yeah. by Zoe Draven. <gasps> In just a Brilliant. second, Very we exciting. give you some updates. All right, we All are right, back. We're back. <laughs> we are recapping. Jenny has it in front of her this time. Captive <laughs> of the Horde King. Why is that hard? By it's Zoe Draven. Well, it is hard. A lot. <laughs> it is yeah. hard. It is That's so what I like hard. to hear. <laughs> and the, the title so tells you a lot, a lot about what's about to go on. We, we have a Horde King, and she might be his captive. I'm into it. Just setting the scene a little bit here. We've got big Dothraki called yes. Drogo vibes going on. Yes, baby. Yeah. Yes. Like, I'm not going to go quite as far as to say it is fan fiction, but like, it's... It's close. It's, I mean, come on. Yeah. That's like, how, even the words like that they're vibes. using and stuff. Not that like yeah. there's anything wrong with fan fiction, but I don't right. know if all authors want me to say their books are fan fiction. So. Sure, sure, sure. No, absolutely. Well, we can say it's reminiscent of the it Dothraki words. very yeah, reminiscent. For sure. Ooh. Yeah. Listen, that worked for me. So, you know, we're <laughs> looking good. for a lot of us. <laughs> Look, it works really, really well for me. Like, really well. Okay, so the book opens, and Luna, our heroine, is is in a panic because there is a fire. the The field is burning, like where they grow their crops, and she lives in a small village, and the whole village Mm. is in a panic, and they're trying to put this fire out, and. It's not only bad because there is a fire and the field is burning. It's bad, we realize, okay. because the Dakari are going to see the smoke. And like, <gasps> the ultimate offense to the Dakari is to burn the ground. Like, this is right. sacred. <gasps> it's they sacred don't... to their goddess, Kakari or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. You can't offend the goddess in front of them? Shit. So we we realize that it is Luna's younger brother, Kivin, who has started the fire he was trying they like they're starving they haven't been able to grow crops this field wasn't growing anything he had heard that like if you burn the earth it can make the crops grow trying to help mm. he's like 15 or something and she's like he's always trying to help um oh sweet baby yeah, yeah. and sweet baby so they can see like the shadow of the barbarian horde moving <gasps> across the land coming no to way. like enact retribution for starting the fire on the field wow like in any other universe you would be like oh thank goodness the fire brigade is here but no they're yeah, no. fixing to do murder instead no, yeah. of putting out a right. fire right. Yeah. you're fucking laws bitches so you're gonna pay so yeah. wait so are they are they humans on another planet or is this like a, a different version of earth or yeah, is so she human at all like- Humans were dropped here, and the Dakari are like the native peoples. Look, I know so much about this. I've read all of these. Books. I love it. Yeah, I love the I love the 
the political politics of this world, it's yeah, really yeah, yeah. kind of cool. But yeah, so the humans were dropped and there's like this union federation that's supposed to be giving them food and stuff. But of course, okay. they've kind of forgotten about the humans and left them there. Oh. And the Dakari have this rule. They're like big king and Dothic says that they cannot like grow their own crops and stuff. Because they can't, like, you know, I don't know. For whatever reason, they're, like, very strict about humans doing anything, hunting. So they're starving. Oh. And that's kind of what brought on this whole thing. Sorry, I'm just like. Because humans oh, Do not apologize. This is insight we need. <laughs> yeah. We need it, Julia. Yeah. Humans, so like, like won't just death. go hunt. They, like, hunt to the point that they impact the population of the animals. Right. Instead of, like, hunting strategically the way the Dakari do. So... I mean, that's a very human trait, you know, like checks out on this end. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I can hunt. I will now have meat for every meal and it will be Mm -hmm. the biggest thing on the plate. (laughs) Yep. I know. I I dare say it might be an American human trait. Oh, for sure. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So she has like the, the Dakari are like in sort of the background of her world. Like there's awareness of them, but she's only Mm -hmm. ever seen them up close once in her life. And it's when they like came through the village when she was way younger and they're, they were sort of striding through and all the villagers were hanging out and they like picked a woman out of the crowd and they did take that woman, <gasps> and she was yeah. never seen or heard she was from again. Nope. Oh my God! I yep. hope it's a minotaur in a labyrinth situation. <laughs> so now, anytime the Dakari are like anywhere near, all the women have to like put their hoods up and hide, and it's like oh, a yeah. don't attract the attention of the Dakari kind of situation. Whoa! But now, but now she has to stand up for her brother. And yeah. so, cause she made a promise. So it's just her and her brother. Her mother died. It's kind of a mystery until later on, which is mm. also a really cool backstory. Intrigue. And so she promised her mother that she would protect her brother at all costs. So she tells him, stay in the house. I'm going to confront the Dakari. And so she's like badass, but terrified, but also just like ready to be so brave. And yeah. these, how many were there, Jenny? There were like nine of them or seven of them come strolling through this is and the I have, sexiest I have the opening. description right oh, here please. because oh we God, need so the full bloom oh my um, God, tell me everything okay primitive warriors so strong and big that no one dared to breathe in their presence as they walked through our village unlike the other alien species that were spread out on the sur- surface of Dakar the Dakari the native species the species whose will we all had to obey had a similar skin color to humans like darkened honey tanned from the sun from their nomadic lifestyle. Golden tattoos across their flesh flashed as they walked. Their long, black, coarse hair swang around their waists as they inspected the village. Behind them, long, flexible tails flicked as they walked, slightly curled so they wouldn't drag on the ground. Mm -hmm. There was a section in here somewhere that I must not have highlighted that very graphically described their thick thighs and like bulging oh. arms and yes oh thank you yes please so they've got metallic gold tattoos they have them everywhere i'm stoked we'll get there though yeah. can't rush something like that <laughs> so she goes like they they sort of encircle her and and are like 
you know, are you the one who set the fire? And and she's accidentally says something about, like, we. And they're like, was there another who set the fire? Like, we're going to kill both of you. <gasps> and then her brother comes charging out into the fray and tries to, like, protect her. And, mm-hmm. you know, then she's trying to protect him. And she has recognized that one of them is the leader, even though he's not the mm. one who's talking. So she's kind mm-hmm. of addressing her pleas to this guy. But by please, I mean she's basically saying, like, no, this is not a thing. Like, you're not going to touch my brother. You're, like, deal with me. I will give my life in place of his. And the king is like, let me see the face of the female who who would defy. Yes. And he calls her, what's the name? Kali's is, like, female. Kali's. word sounds so sexy. I love it. Yeah, I listened to it in audio too. So it was like, oh, okay, I have not listened to an audio, so that's next for me. Okay, yeah, it'll it'll so level up what's going <laughs> <Nice>. on here because <laughs> you can actually like hear him purring out the things oh, in in the boudoir. Oh, oh yes, please. Mm-hmm. So he wants to see her face, and then a, you know a deal is struck. He's like, oh. what if I didn't want to kill you? Would you serve me? <laughs> And she, oh, she understands what this means. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to have to be the whore of the Dakari, mm-hmm. but I'll do it to save my brother. Aww. Yeah, it's such a good, I thought it was really a good setup. You know, like it's, I don't know. It's, it's quick. Funny because it only... sets the stakes really high. It yeah. shows us a lot about her very quickly. Yes. Right. So this is really interesting. I've read quite a few alien romances and most of them are they're really like you said bunkers they're kind of out there right and a lot of them some do and some don't but a lot of them don't have this very vivid world building do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean and that's what i found so different about this series is like i can totally see everything and believe everything you know they weren't just like plucked out of the air and dropped somewhere they were there was like purpose behind everything and i just I don't know. It really kind of sucks you in, you know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's really, really cool. So they have ridden in on these, like, massive beasts (laughs) that I have the name of somewhere, but I don't have it in front of me. The Paroki. Paroki. How do you pronounce it? (laughs) I have the thing where I can hear it but can't spell it, and you can spell it but can't. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I can see it in my head. Yeah. So they have these like massive war beasts that they ride around on and she's terrified. But he so he like puts her up on his beast in front of him (laughs) up against his thick thighs. (gasps) Oh, she's going to do a clownfish on him. But as they as they walk around, but they then have to like ride so far on this giant beast that she's like raw, like she's never ridden anything before. So she gets. I mean, that's a real life feeling like that's in so many ways. Being saddle sore after you haven't ridden for a while is (laughs) not to be fucked with. Yeah. Uh. So they arrive at the Dakari camp and it it becomes clear that he is the king of this horde is what they call Mm -hmm. their nomadic groups. So there's like a. A main sort of city, from what I can tell. You probably yeah, know this Gothic, from the other books. Gothic is like the big city. And Where there's like there the, the head king. Books. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then oh. there's like six question mark <laughs> hordes that move around and they each have a king. So he's the okay, king. Okay, so of those are basically horde. like clans. I can think of yeah. them right. like clans. Yeah. Okay. Like, they roam and protect 
the land and keep everybody in, you know, in place and doing what they're supposed to be doing kind of thing. Okay. Because apparently there's more than one, humans are only one alien species here, but there are others that are more aggressive and attack, you know, other hordes and stuff. And oh. she's just learning this because in her mind, mm-hmm. they are the baddies that, totally. that she has to like keep herself safe from. But her like whole worldview starts to shift when she learns that they've actually been protecting them this whole time. <gasps> mm-hmm. Like they haven't been coddling uh. them and feeding them, but they've been like keeping the really bad beasts at bay. Totally. Right. Huh. So she notices like they, they're putting his beast away and they're like feeding the beasts after they've come back from their ride. And her comment okay. is like, they feed their beasts better than my entire village eats. Yeah. Like they, oh, wow. they have like just all like, this fresh meat like they'd never get. Yeah. Yeah. So but, so wait, so the Dakari, do they farm or is like you do not touch the earth that way? Keep your they do. They, they do. do, but they okay. have like a specific way. And the thing was, Kavan was he had burnt the crops just like we'll burn a field so it will come back fresh, yeah. you know, whatever. So that he he had heard that this was a good method for farming, but that's not allowed here. Okay. And so and it's mainly because they just don't know the climate, they don't know the land, they don't really know how to hunt properly. And then some are over hunting, like Jenny was mm-hmm. saying. So so they so the king has put so many rules on them that they're kind of they're just kind of starving. A lot of the the, the humans are in very small little villages. Like I would okay. say maybe a hundred or so. You yeah, know, I think she says lot. at one point there's eighty six people in her village. <laughs> right. And then Whoa. she's like, Oh, eighty five. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even count it that closely. <laughs> yeah. But one yeah, I think at one point they say that they, they don't burn the fields, but they do farm, but they use like manure from their paraki beasts yeah. in order to to fertilize and yeah. whatever versus being destructive. Yeah, they probably also like, you know, crop swap and do all the smart things that farmers do. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So she gets taken to his tent, like the biggest tent in the village. Oh, she's going to serve him. She is going to serve him hard. (laughs) Thank you for listening to this preview of the episode. The last episode of every month is only available in its entirety to our Temple of Defiant Joy members. So if you want to listen to the whole thing, you'll need to become a member on our website, bonkersromance.com temple. You can also find a form there to join a waiting list for a donated membership if you don't have the funds at the moment. We match every membership that's gifted or donated. And don't worry though, we'll be back next week with Sophie Jordan to recap The Worst Guy by Kate Canterbury and its enemies to lovers deliciousness. <laughs>